Welcome to the Second Students North podcast. My name is Luis. We're in a series called Influencers. Our goal with this series is to walk through God's Word each week to teach, equip, and encourage our students to be spiritual influencers for God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy week four of Influencers. Does anybody know our main verse for this? It's 1 Timothy uh, 4.12, and I'm going to read it real quick. It says this, let no one despise you for your youth, but see the, um, but see the believers an example in speech and, and set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And so this is week four, guys. We've made it uh, to week four. The first week, Randy came up and he taught about how we need to live um, in our speech, right? And then Grayson came up the next week and he talked about living in conduct, setting an example in our conduct, and then last week, Shelby, she came up and she talked about setting an example in the love. And today, if you could guess what we're going to talk about, we're going to set an example in what? Faith. Oh, man, that was so lame. In what? Faith. faith. Beautiful. Yeah, so good. Second time. Good job. Um, in faith. And so here's the deal. When I think of faith, I think of something, everybody's like, man, I know what faith is. No big deal. I, I know exactly what faith is. And it's like, okay, well, define faith. And I'm sitting there this, uh, this morning. And I was like, man, define faith. Like, I mean, I trust. I like something that maybe I can't see. That's kind of what I think of. I looked up a definition of faith, and it says this. It says complete trust, which I think is different than just trust. If you have, if you're taking notes, this is good. Faith is a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. It's a complete trust. And so, to try to kind of show y'all what faith is and some of these things we might put our faith in, I. I'm looking at these pictures of confession about me. Every Friday, I get the opportunity to watch my six-month-old by myself, which is also, what's one, scary, and two, exciting. Um, it's a weird emotion. I don't know how to explain it. Um, and, but what we do is, every single week, is we just watch Disney movies the whole time uh, because it's hilarious. She's six months old, and she doesn't know what we're watching, so I could really watch whatever. It's just an excuse for me to watch Disney movies, I guess, as a 26-year-old man. And so I don't really know what that says about me. Uh, but I have this picture up here. Uh, who, who are these guys? This first picture, that's David. Got him. Ha! Now let's see the, um, there you go. Oh, yeah. That's Timon and Pumbaa, right? Did y'all know Pumbaa was spelled with two A's after his name? Pumbaa? I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, I have a question for you. Okay, so when you first are introduced to Timon and Pumbaa, they are off on their own in the forest, right? Let me ask you a question. Not at the end of the movie, not, um, not after some big realization, but what would you say Timon and Pumbaa's faith was in when you first meet them? Hakuna Matata, yo, right? They're not worried about anything. Their faith was literally in it and just not worrying. They're like, hey, we're not going to care enough to really put our faith in anything, right? All right, these next guys, they're also dear to my heart. They also have a TV show that's out. Um, let's see, let's see this one. The next one, those are our boys, you know. These guys are Mike Wazowski and uh, James P. Sullivan. James P. Sullivan was the top of his class. You know, he's awesome. Um, also, Monsters University, pretty great, right? Uzma Kappa for life, come on. What, what was, what did Mike, in the very beginning of the movie, in the very beginning of the movie, what did Mike and Soli put their faith in? Scaring, sure. What was that? Their jobs, right? I would say Monsters Incorporated, right? That's kind of what I was thinking. That's what Luis said when I asked him, and so I thought y'all were going to get it. Um, Monsters Incorporated, y'all know who was running Monsters Incorporated? 
Yeah, Mr. Waternoose, we know, uh-huh. Mr. Waternoose, that's, so their faith was in this system. Their faith was in Monsters Incorporated because they scare because they care, you know, that's what it's all about. Um, the next one, let, let's see one more. Probably the best Disney character of all time. Yeah, for sure. This is Kronk, right? This is Kronk. Pull the lever, Kronk. Who, what was his, uh, what, uh, what was Kronk's faith in? Right? What was it? Cooking? Yeah, maybe, for sure. No, Yzma. Krunk's faith was in Yzma, which is like, it kind of makes us love Krunk a little bit more because she's the bad guy the whole time, obviously. But his faith is in Yzma. So I have one more picture for you guys, okay? Because it's pretty easy to see. It's pretty easy to see uh, who is like, where their faith is, right? But here's, what's, here's what happens to every single, here's what happens to every single one of these people is that their faith changes throughout the movie, right? Their faith changes to a time where maybe they realize something like, hey, we have, we have to believe in something else because this faith, this thing they put their faith in, ends up failing them. And so I have a question for you. This is going to be deep. I have one more picture for you. And my question is this, what, um, who do these people put their faith in right here? This is a picture of you guys last week. Listen, it's not about you. Come on. It's not about you. Listen, who do you put your faith in week in and week out? And let me ask you a question. Is it the same kind of faith? Everybody look at me. Stop trying to find yourself. Everybody look at me. Is it the same kind of faith that these characters that we laugh about and things like that, but is it the same kind of faith that ultimately will fail? Right, because there's only one faith in this whole world. There's only one person you can put your faith in and they will not fail you. They will completely satisfy you. And that's Jesus Christ. And I know that you guys know that in your brain, but I'm scared that we walk through this life and we do things from a day-to-day basis in our hallways at school, um, living like one of those characters in a Disney movie and not like we're sold out for Christ in our faith, right? And so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna look at the Bible today and we're gonna look in Acts chapter 16. If you have your Bible, you can open up to Acts chapter 16. And here's what we see, okay? We pick up here this, uh, this guy named Paul. Everybody say Paul. Everybody say Paul one more time. And Silas. Everybody say Silas. Yep, Paul and Silas, okay? They are out there on a missionary journey, right? The whole point, listen, the whole point of a missionary journey is to share the faith that they have in Jesus with other people. That's their whole point. So they're out, they're going from town to town to village to village, and they're just sharing the faith um, that they have. They're sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, Okay, and so they get to this place called Philippi. Everybody say Philippi. It sounds like you're saying hello to Philip backward, Philip, hi, right? That's how I feel, but just kidding. Um, Philippi, they come to Philippi, okay? And there's this girl that's just following them around. They're there for a few days. There's this girl following them around, and she is possessed by a demon, okay? And because this demon has possessed her, this girl can see the future, That's what we're dealing with here. This is in the Bible. I'm not making this up. This isn't like something weird, okay? This girl can see the future. And so what ends up happening is these people take hold of this girl and they begin to sell her abilities, right? They begin to say, hey, if you want your future future told, you can pay me 20 bucks um, or whatever the currency was back then, right? You can pay me 20 bucks and then she'll come and she'll tell you your future, right? So this girl, she's following Paul around and finally Paul turns around and he says, hey, in the name of Jesus, he tells the demon, you get out of there. Okay, so now all of a sudden, girl, the demon's out. The girl's just a normal girl again. She can't tell the future. Who do you think that makes upset? The people who are making bank off this girl's ability, right? 
now they have no source of income. And so what ends up happening is we're going to pick up, um, we're going to pick up right now, we're going to pick up in, in verse 19, okay? But when her owners, so the owners of the girl, when her owners saw that their hope of gain, their money, their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. So that sounds pleasant. Uh, verse 20, and when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. Beating with rods does not sound okay. If we're not careful, we'll read by past that. Sounds like it hurts. Thank you. Okay, cool. Beating with rods. Verse 23, and when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them in prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. And here's the deal. They had one mission, right? Their mission, they were missionaries. They were going out. They wanted to share the faith that they have in Jesus Christ. And they were going out. They were doing that. Paul calls out a demon in Jesus' name, and immediately this horrible thing takes place. He gets dragged into the marketplace. He gets beaten with rods. Ow, right? It says many times. He gets beaten with rods, and then he gets thrown into a Philippian, um, a Philippian prison, right? And I looked up, a, looked up a picture. It's like on the side of a mountain is what these look like, and they're just stones, and they're about as awful as you could picture them to be, right? They get thrown into these prisons, and here's what I want to tell you guys is that following Jesus, having your faith in Jesus is not easy, I don't want to mince words. I don't want to be like, if you come follow Jesus, it's going to be all butterflies and rainbows. It's not. But putting your faith in Jesus, I can promise you, is worth it. Because we're going to see God move in a very powerful way through these men, even though it might think, man, this, this story is kind of difficult right now. It doesn't look great. I know if that was me, if I got thrown into prison just because I did something for God, first off, I'm like calling out that demon. I'm like, man, did you see that? That was awesome. You know what I mean? I'm like all excited. It's like a great day. We called that out for Jesus. We called out that demon for Jesus. And all of a sudden, I'm getting, I'm getting dragged. I'm getting, I'm getting beaten, right? And I'm getting thrown in prison. I'm not excited about that. And here's, what, here's the reality. Some of y'all go through this life, and maybe you became a Christian, and maybe you want to become a Christian. You don't know what it's like. But you have to be aware that this culture that you live in is not inviting to Christians. The culture of Philippi was not inviting to Christians. I highlighted verse 21 that says, these people, they came up and they said, hey, they advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. They said, they brought their culture into it. They're like, bro, we're Romans. We're not gonna follow Jesus. Guys, how many times have you heard people label themselves saying, I'm this, I can't follow Jesus. I'm this, I can't follow Jesus. We live in this culture today. We live in this culture today. The only difference is that Paul and Silas were, were, were living it out. Right? They were living it out. They were making a difference, and they were evidently different than the culture in Rome. And my question for you tonight is, is your faith causing you to be evidently different than the culture that you're walking around every day in school? It's a great question. It's something we all have to ask ourselves. Let's keep, or actually, I have John 16, 33. Maybe you're like, man, David, you don't know what it's like, dude. The way I live Christianity, it's, it's easy. Literally from Jesus' mouth, John 16, 33 says this, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace, in the world, you will have tribulation, tribulation, trials, difficulties, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus doesn't say you might have tribulation. Jesus doesn't say, hey, at times in your life, there might be tribulation. He says, if you live for me, you will have tribulation in your life. The author of James puts it this way. In James 2.2, 2, 
He says this, he says, if any of you lacks, um, sorry, James 2, 2, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet, when, not if, but when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And here's the deal, guys. Sure, sure it sounds scary. Everybody look at me because I think I lost you because I told you how bad it is to be a Christian. That's not the case. Being a Christian is the best decision you could ever make. And these trials, yes, they're gonna come. These difficulties, yes, they're gonna come. Newsflash, you're probably in the middle of them right now. I'm aware of that, right? But James says this, he says that we will, um, that the testing of our faith when we're in these trials, when we're in, the, we're in the trenches, when things are difficult, it produces steadfastness. It produces, another word to use there is endurance, right? It grows your faith. Some of y'all are like, man, David, I can't grow in my faith. Some of y'all look at me like, I don't feel Jesus. And I'm like, well, are you living for him? Has he given you an opportunity? Have you look around? Are you living out for Jesus in a way that maybe you're experiencing trials and now you can see that you're gonna be faithful through that trial? And you're gonna, you're, that, that trial, that tribulation is gonna produce steadfastness, endurance in your faith. It's gonna grow your faith. That's my challenge for you. Allow your faith to grow. Allow yourself to be vulnerable. Allow yourself to be in a trial, right? Because I know for me, Man, when, when the going gets tough, sometimes it's easier just to sit down and be like, ah, oh, this is kind of tough, right? But no, that's not what Paul and Silas did. They actually got to the point they were thrown in prison. And then I'm gonna read this one verse and then I'm gonna like stop because it's kind of redonkulous. Um, Acts 16, verse 25, we're picking up here. They just got thrown into prison. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. What? These dudes are in the Philippian prison and they are praying and singing hymns to God. I don't know about you guys, I love feeling sorry for myself. You know what I mean? I love like when something bad happens, I'm like, oh my gosh, my wife hates when I'm sick because I'm like, oh, give me a Gatorade and I give it back. I'm like, it's not cold enough. And she's like, she gets so mad at me, right? But here's the deal, we love feeling sorry for ourselves as people. Here's the deal. What was Paul and Silas's mission? Their mission was to, was to share their faith that they have in Jesus Christ, right? Was the fact that they were in a prison, did that change anything? No, it didn't. Here's the, here's the kicker about faith, guys. Here's the kicker about being in your trials and being steadfast in your faith. It's not allowing these trials, it's not allowing these outside circumstances to affect your faith. They were so focused on what their goal was. They knew their mission, which by the way is the same mission that you have as a Christian. They knew their mission was to share their faith with other people. And they knew they needed to be in Philippi. They didn't care if they were in jail and they didn't care who, who was listening as long as somebody was listening. Because the next part of that verse says, the next part of the verse says, and the prisoners were listening to them. How crazy. The prisoners, I think it's so crazy that they add that because the prisoners were listening to them because they knew they needed to bring the gospel to, to the Philippians and that's what they were doing in that prison. I think that's so cool. Uh, verse 26, let's keep reading. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, you remember the jailer, right? They, the, the command was, hey, make sure they don't get out. That's, that's what they said to him in the last passage. It says, when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a, live, with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. Guys, here's the deal. I look at what they did. They didn't leave. Paul and Silas, God sends this huge earthquake. Their shackles get taken off. Put yourself in this position for a second. Put yourself in this position. 
you, one, get thrown into jail because you're sharing the gospel, right? You think God's probably like, man, dude, that guy's doing awesome, right? I'm probably thinking, man, God's probably so proud of me right now. And then I start, not only that, but I'm not even feeling sorry for myself. I'm singing hymns and I'm praising God in the prison. And as I'm singing hymns and as I'm praising, I'm like, Lord, send revival. And he's like, right? That's what you were thinking. We're like, man, I just prayed for this. I was just singing and God set me free. Let's go. Come on, everybody. Let's get out of here. Is that what Paul and Silas do? Paul and Silas realize that, hey, my mission, my faith is not grounded in my circumstances around me. My mission and my faith is the same whether I have shackles on my feet, whether my door is closed, whether I'm in jail, whether I'm outside. Their freedom wasn't about not being in jail. Their freedom, Paul even writes about this, his freedom is in Christ. He knows that he's free. Students, some of you are in a trial right now. Some of you are going to try right now, and you are just begging God to get you out of it. You're like, get me out of it. It's just one thing after another. Can I be honest with you guys? Not last week. I literally just said to my wife, I was like, it's just like one thing after another for us. I just feel like we don't get any relief. It's like we've had a crazy summer. Every month, something's going on. It's just, man, I just want to get out of it. And I'm sitting here, and I'm teaching you guys this passage, and I can't help but think, man, God has me in this trial. And God has some of you in this trial right now for a reason. And that reason is to strengthen your faith and to bring your faith to other people. This trial that you're in will bring you to different people, different people that you didn't realize you could influence or impact. This trial is for a reason. And you need to know that. It's all about our mindset. It's all about having our eyes fixed on the Lord because Paul and Silas easily could have felt sorry for themselves. They easily could have been excited for themselves when those chains broke. But they knew that that life, that jailer's life was more important than their freedom and their freedom, because their freedom is already in Christ, right? So this dude pulls his sword. He's about to kill himself because he realizes he's going to have a pretty big punishment coming on. He's like, this punishment's going to be huge because I let these guys out. I, I'm better off just killing myself. This guy has a wife and a kids at home. That's crazy. <clears throat> Let's read what happens. Paul's like, hey, don't worry. We're all here. Verse 29. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. In verse 30, this is crazy. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? At this point, all this jailer has heard, he's probably heard them praying. He's probably heard them singing hymns, and he's recognized a difference in their life. Their faith, their faith alone. He literally went up, he's like, whatever you have, whatever freedom you have that you don't care about these shackles on you, I need it. I need it. Man, that's just so powerful. They lived out their faith in the midst of this trial, and it wasn't for their own benefit, because if you keep reading this passage, actually, it was set up, they were going to be released the next day anyway. It wasn't for their own benefit, but God put them in this situation so that he could reach out, they could reach out to the jailer, so the jailer could come to know him. And then in verse 31, let's keep reading, and they said, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And so they end up getting this opportunity to witness, to share their faith, to share the great news of Jesus Christ with not only him, but his whole house. And then it goes on to say that his whole house was baptized that night. Man, that is so awesome. And here's what I want to tell you guys is we have this opportunity. It's one thing we love to do. We love to baptize, right? We love to get people to come and to get saved. And we love to, the, the first step of your obedience, just like this family, was to get baptized. But I want to make sure you guys know is that if you get baptized, this, this jailer, right, he wasn't like, man, dude, this, 
man, during that worship, dude, you were playing that, you were playing the guitar in your jail cell and it was all emotional and I was just really feeling that. And so like, I feel like I need to make a decision. That's not what he was saying. He knew he was about to kill himself. It was a very real moment. And he said, what must I do to be saved? And he knew at that moment that he wanted Jesus and it was gonna radically change his life. And here's the deal, students. Some of you guys need to ask that question today. What must I do to be saved? Because you see this faith, you see this radical faith in Paul's life. And you're like, man, I want that. I want to live for Christ. I want to live for Christ unashamed. I want to not care about these circumstances around me. I don't want to care about all the, all the talking around me, all the, all the crazy things going on in this world, the culture trying to push me toward their side. All I want is that faith that Paul and Silas demonstrated in that jail cell. And some of y'all need to make that decision tonight. Tonight. To fall in love with Jesus, to say, I need you. He said in verse, what was it? And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. Nope, sorry. Verse 31, they say, believe in Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your house. So they say to believe. Earlier on, Paul says that if you confess with your mouth that he is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that you'll be saved. You have to turn away from your life of sin. You got to turn away from sin and turn toward Jesus. That's what we do. And that's how you're saved. I know y'all, a lot of y'all have heard this story. Everybody look at me. Don't distract your neighbor in this moment. Don't distract your neighbor. Because some of, you need, some of you need this faith. Some of you are pretending like you have this faith. Some of you think faith is all about coming to church in these cushioned, in these cushioned seats um, on Wednesdays and on Sundays, and you think that's all it is. That's not what faith looks like. They're out there, they're risking their life, they're sharing their faith for the gospel, for Jesus, unapologetically, not worried about the circumstances around them. Some of y'all think you have this faith and you're not acting like you do. And that's sad and I I don't say that to come down on you. I've sat in that chair. I sit in that chair sometimes still. Sometimes we get too comfortable. If you have never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I need you to know that you are a sinner. I know that's probably not much of a shock to you. You know yourself better than anybody, right? You've messed up. I've messed up. Every single one of us in this room has messed up. It separates us from God, the Bible says. Not only does it separate us from God, but it leads us to death, to a forever death. That's not what God has for us. That's not God's desire. God wants a relationship with you. He sent Jesus Christ down, and Jesus lived a perfect life, and instead of deserving that death, he deserved life. But Jesus didn't take that life that he deserved. Instead, he got up on the cross, and he bore our punishment of death. And that is so powerful if you catch that. He bore our, our punishment of death on the cross and he was, he was buried. He stayed in the grave for three days and he rose again. I was talking to somebody the other day. I was like, that's what's different from our God and everybody else's is that Jesus didn't stay dead. Everybody's like these lowercase g gods. So like they're so cool, but they died like 500 years ago. It's like, what are you talking about? They're dead. They're not God. Our God is alive. Jesus is here. He's with us. And remember that he's coming back one day and you want to be on his side when he comes back. If you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, you have to confess him as Lord. He needs to be the boss of your life. He needs to be in charge. You need to believe that story. You need to believe that he died on the cross, that he was buried, he rose again on the third day. And he did that for you.